And we are back with the Bonora podcast. Shake, 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 Bonora. And we are here with Trent. Say what's up. What's up? All right. And we're going to jump right into it because we're on a little bit of a time cut because of the LSU game. Go Tigers. All right. So I wanted to talk about who has the edge at every position. All right, so at quarterback, LSU or Clemson, that means you have Tyler, if you have Burrow or Lawrence. I got um, Burrow. I don't think it's very close either. I think it might be close because – I'm not saying it's going to be really close, but Lawrence has the experience and Burrow has the Heisman and the 55 touchdowns in one season. So it could possibly go either way, but I'm going Burrow and LSU. I agree. All right. Second position, running back. That's a tough one. I'm saying LSU. I'm saying LSU because of Clyde Edward. Hilaire, um, they say that he is the face of the offense, and that, and I think that he's going to show up because he wasn't able to play against Oklahoma. I agree with you for that, but Clemson, if you watch the game versus Ohio State, they're running back, but and he was. And he might show us up. He might show us up today because he's from here, and we were gonna try and recruit him, but we decided not to because of. At the time, we already had Geis, Fournette, and Elaire. Oh, uh, but I think overall, I would have to go with. Quiet, Edwards, Elaire. All right, all right. Wide receiver slash tight end. I have LSU. It's not even close. You got Jamar Chase with eight. You have the top two wide receivers leading in most touchdowns on this team with Jefferson and Chase, both with 18. Then you have Jefferson with 1,434 yards and Chase with 1,559. And then to add on to that, you got Thaddeus Moss, who averages 12.7 yards per catch. Yeah. And I'm going to have to agree with you on both of those. So I, I, I think LSU has a big advantage here. All right, all right. Offensive line. Clemson has Clemson has only allowed 19 sacks this season. That, which is not bad, but you look at the teams that they've played. If you allow 19 sacks, that's not good, one. And two, I'm going to LSU on this because they actually won the offensive lineman trophy that is given to five to seven men. That is 400 pounds. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Clemson did. Give up only 19 sacks, but okay. Looking at the teams they face, Ohio State is really it. I mean, 
Yeah. And truly the only good team that they played. So, and LSU's played basically the best teams. So I think LSU has the advantage there. All right. DBs. This includes cornerbacks and safeties. For LSU, you got you got a stacked lineup of DBs. You got Stingley, who's only a freshman. You got Grant Delpit and Fulton. And then Clemson, on the other hand, only has taken 19 interceptions and has only allowed nine touchdowns. But like I said, for the offensive line, look at the teams that they've played. If you look at the teams that they've played, they should have had 100 interceptions this season and only allowed six touchdowns. Yeah. But when you do look at it, look at the Ohio State game. They were down in the third and fourth quarter. They look like they could play in the NFL and be Hall of Famers. Uh huh. So to be completely honest, I don't have, <coughs> I don't know very much about Clemson's defensive backs, but I know, like you said, they've done very good with the nineteen interceptions and only nine touchdowns, which is. Really good. And so, I mean, think LSU. They just have way too good of players. All right. Linebackers. I have LSU. You look at Chase on an all-SEC player this season. Nobody thought he would be good. But look at him this season. Doing a heck of a job. 58 tackles alone. And then you got Michael Divinity. Who's coming back from something that is not said. And just, I think he's going to go off because everybody's going to doubt him and say that he's not going to do good or anything like that. But, you know, watching the game, you're going to be like, wow, he is one heck of a player. So, how's Clemson, though? That's my question. Like, is Clemson's linebackers any good at all? Like, I haven't heard a thing about Clemson's linebackers. And I've heard a ton about how good LSU's defense has been showing up in these games. Yeah. And I know Michael Divinity and all the other ones. So I think think LSU. Yeah, because... Not many people hear about Clemson's linebackers. You either hear about their offensive line, defensive line, Dabo Sweeney, or Trevor Lawrence. Those are the only things you'll hear about from them. But if you hear Chase on and Divinity, you're going to say, that's two really good players. All right. For defensive line, this is a tough one. Yeah, I agree. You have LSU with Rashard Lawrence, who is one heck of an athlete. But they have so many injuries that's not even funny. And then Clemson, defensive line alone, combining everybody, has 67 tackles this season. Yeah. Um, this this is the one position that I'm taking Clemson. I, I have to agree. I mean... I think LSU would be better, but they 
are just dealing with too many injuries. Yeah. All right, the last position, special teams. I have LSU with Cade York kicking field goals. I can always trust him. Then you have Elaire and Stingley returning the ball, two really fast and great runners. And Clemson's field goal kicker is 50-50 this season. He's only made half of his field goals. Then, if that information is correct, I'm definitely going with LSU. All right. Because if your kicker, your starting kicker is 50-50, then that's a problem. Yeah. All right. Kirk Herbstreit, one of the analysts for ESPN on Joe Burrow. He is an NFL QB playing in college. That's all that has to be said. I agree. This man is a freak of nature. He went from backup and seeing the field twice in his college career to a leading passer, rusher, and Heisman Trophy winner. And soon to be national championship winner. I mean, nothing I can say bad about that. Yeah. Like, and like you know, it's right. Um, pretty much. Like he is on the skill set of a NFL quarterback playing in college. Yep. You know. Yeah. All right. Score predictions. I'll let you go first on this one. What do you think? I'm going to have to go. <clears throat> 42 to 17. LSU. Dang. All right. It's my scene on things. I'm saying 42-28. Because I can't see LSU not getting 28 in the first half. And Clemson getting those weird touchdowns on trick plays and Trevor Lawrence having big runs and stuff like that because it's Trevor Lawrence. Just a great player all around. And there's no way that LSU doesn't put over 40. So I'm saying they give 42 to 49. And I'm going 28 Clemson no matter what. All right. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking. I might go more of like a still 42. More of a 20, two field goals, two touchdowns. All right. Can't disagree. Can't disagree. All right. Now let's move on to the other playoffs. The NFL. All right. Let's start off with the coach moves that teams have picked up over the past couple weeks. Panthers picking up Matt Rule from Baylor. A great coach. Has done really well with Baylor. Turn them around. Let's see if he can go turn the Panthers around. The Redskins got Ron Rivera from the Panthers. He's not that good of a coach, but with a team like that, I think he'll get the job done. Cowboys, Mike McCarthy, I think that's a good move for the Cowboys. He's been one good coach over his career. 
I agree. That's a very good job by um the Cowboys. The My question on the next team, what are they thinking? The Giants taking Joe Judge from the Patriots. He coached wide receiver and special teams. Do you seriously expect him from going from wide receiver and special teams to an entire team? Yeah, I mean, like, you just can't do that. True. Yeah. Because you can't adapt. Unless you're planning on keeping him for a while, he can't. There's no way he's going to adapt in one or two seasons. Uh huh, because, like, just doesn't work like that. And then for the Browns, they picked up Kevin Stefanski out of the Vikings, some random coach that they had I didn't even know of. Um, same with them. They've, they're just trying to land coaches on their team because they can't find anybody. Yeah, I mean, but all of those teams you listed need a coach that – like, just, they really just need a new coach. Yeah. Like, most of them pretty much have the talent. They just don't know how to use it. And I think all those... Did you hear about Cam Newton? A new coach. No, what happened? He got released. Really? Yeah, he's not with them anymore. He's like a free agent, technically. Who do you think he's going to go to? If I'm him, I'm taking a break. See if anybody wants me. And if they don't, I'm just gonna stop playing football. I'm not. I'm not gonna go all Colin Kaepernick on it and start chasing teams for a deal. Yeah. All right. And the the even bigger thing in the NFL, the playoffs. So in the AFC Championship, we have the Chiefs versus Titans. Who do you have in this game? This is the hardest game. This is the hardest game to decide, in my opinion, in the playoffs. Because look at the look at the Titans. They beat the number one defense, the Patriots, and the number one offense, the Ravens. But you look at the Chiefs. They played the Texans yesterday, and in one half, score fifty one and come back from a zero to twenty four drought. So this is a hard game. I mean, I think I'm going to have to go with the Chiefs. Not by much. I think it's going to be more of a defensive game, quite frankly. I mean, I think both defenses are going to have to show up. Because you look at the Titans, they have Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry's been a key player. And then Tannehill coming in clutch after they took out Mariota. Bringing them all the way there. And then the Chiefs, um, LaShawn McCoy, Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis, look, Kelsey. Travis Kelsey. You look at all those players and you're like, that is a heck of a lineup. My opinion, I'm going Chiefs win by three. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm going with Chiefs. I'm saying they win by a touchdown. All right, all right. I don't necessarily know what the score would be. I think it would be like a average game, probably like a 28, 21, all something right. like that. All right, all right. 
So, in the second game, in the NFC, you have the 49ers versus Packers. I'm taking the 49ers. This is going to be a big blowout because you look at the Packers. They lost to them last time 39-8. to Yeah. I mean, and the Packers aren't even that good. I think they're always overrated. Aaron Rodgers is getting old, and they don't have many young players that are that good. And then you look at the 49ers. Yeah, Jimmy G, young, good. You have Kittle, young, good. Their defense, really good. So I'm going to take the 49ers by a lot. Are in a spot in the playoffs that they should not be. Yeah. They should be. They shouldn't have been second seed, skill wise. And they got. They got kind of lucky that they played Seattle. You think so? I think they were lost to. Um, because why? I think they would have a very hard time stopping. All right. So you have Chiefs Niners. Yeah, I got. Now we got one in that game. Niners, and I think it's gonna be close. Alright, alright. So I'm not sure what the score would be. Alright. So I'm trying to find something right now. Nah, it's alright. It doesn't matter. Alright. We have two more things on the agenda. We have the Pels. You might not know a lot about this, so if you don't feel like answering or talking during this part, just let me know. Um, it depends on what's it, what it's about. So, Pels with with the Pels only three and a half games behind. That means that we need teams above us to lose, and we only need to win three and a half more games, and we can be up in the eight seat. Is it worth giving up players for people like Andre Drummond, Al Horford, or anyone on the Lakers except for LeBron and AD? Because the the Pistons are saying that they're willing to trade Drummond. The Sixers are saying that they are willing to trade Horford. The Lakers are saying that they are willing to trade anybody except for AD and LeBron. I personally think that it's not worth it. Until we get a good glimpse of what it's going to be like with Zion back. And how we do in the next couple of games. I totally agree. I think once we get Zion, it's going to help. And I think it's going to turn us around a little bit. But I agree. I think we would have to experience with Zion in a real game. To see if we even need that. Alright. So... I'm going to text you a picture of um, what we're going to talk about next. And this is of the best alternate UNI jerseys this season. 
I'm sending you a picture about of it. We talked about it, I think, today. We were talking about the NBA jerseys, which ones look cool or not. I want you to tell me your personal order. Let me know when you get it. I'm going to start talking about mine. All right, so if you don't know what the ultimate, alternate alternate UNI jerseys are, just go search them up because this isn't a videoed podcast and you can't see what I put on my screen to show you. So at number four, or out of Ohio State, Clemson, Oklahoma, and LSU's alternate UNI jerseys, number four, I have Ohio State. I'm not a real big fan of the color of that red that they have, and the black doesn't look good. Then Clemson, I don't like the purple. It just looks too blue. I'm not a fan of it. And number two, I have Oklahoma. I like the white on it, and I like how the red and the white complement each other. And then LSU, number one, because, one, I'm a big LSU fan, and, two, I love purple, gold, and white. I've always learned to love that because I'm from Louisiana, and I'm just a fan of those jerseys. Did you get the picture yet? Yeah. All right, what's your order, starting from four to one? I'm going to go – I think Oklahoma is the worst. It's just kind of plain. And then third, I think I'm going to go Clemson's. I agree. It's a little too blue. And their main colors are orange and white. And purple. I know, but... Mainly orange and white. You're right. Exactly. And then I think... Second, I mean, yeah, second, I'm going to have to go LSU, I think. LSU's is also a little bit plain. Like, it's just purple and white. I think they could do a little bit more. And I think I like Ohio State's. All right. A lot, because I like the all black. All right. That's going to wrap it up for the podcast. Thanks for coming on, Trent. I love having guests, and you were a good one out of the few that I've had. All right. All right. This is the end. See you later. See you later. All right. See you all. Bye.